All right. Welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 31, I think. And today we welcome on a special guest, Jacob Baldwin, um, our MLB couch analyst to preview the postseason with us. And they start today with uh, the wildcard series starting. And uh, after that, we'll have, you know, the NFL rundown and then our weekly predictions as always. But first, we're going to start off with the interview. So let's get right into the show. All right. Hopefully the, the intro is back this week. So for those of you who missed it, I certainly missed it. All right, Jake, welcome back on. It's been a while since uh since you've been on the show here. Thanks what so me. you know, MLB playoffs start tomorrow. Or I guess technically today when the show comes out. It'll be today. How are your what are you doing to prepare for the playoffs? How excited are you? Well, I've been I've been watching a lot of clips about 2011 because you know I, I just got to get in that winning mindset. Uh, I'm kind of like I've gotten used to the Cardinals losing in the playoffs, so I'm not really like I'm gonna be dev- the only like big devastation factor that will hit if they lose is pool holes. Like being like I don't think I appreciated it as much as I should have. Like obviously everyone appreciated it, but like. I don't think retirement, the idea of retirement really hits until it's over. Yeah, I, I found myself thinking about that last night. Like, man, this, this season's really over. So we're going to start off here talking about the Cardinals matchup with the six seed Philadelphia Phillies. How do you think the retirement tours of Albert and Yachty and possibly Wayno affect how they play this weekend and ultimately how the Cardinals play this weekend? Well, I mean, I don't really think they have that much of a factor. Like, at the end of the day, all three of them want to go out with a ring, so they're just going to go out there and play ball like they've been doing for the past 20 years. I wish I wish the actual retirement of Yachty already happened, but uh, I'm going to be glad to see Pujols still out there. Obviously, he's our best option at designated hitter. Uh, I don't know how Wainwright's going to go. He's still going through that dead arm, and he's through the bullpen, and I wouldn't put him in – no offense to him, but I wouldn't put him in like down or up or run. He's just not, you can't tr- trust him right now. So I think you have to like ease him in a little. Maybe if we get a big lead, go to Wainwright, see if he can build up some trust. But I don't think they'll have that much factor into the how they play. I mean, it's still going to, it depends a lot on the other guys more than them three, except for Yachty. He'll probably come up with the bases loaded and hit into a triple play somehow. <laughs> probably because he's a fat fuck, but. Uh, that my question for you is the pitching matchups because Wayno is he's down right now, and that it's been obvious the past. How long do you think this has been going? I think it's probably been close to like a month, right? Where he's kind of it's not like he's that he's been abysmal, but it's not been the Wayno that we've had at the midway point and even towards the beginning of the season. Um, you know. And obviously he's a big locker room guy and a big pitching leader. And thankfully we acquired pitching at the deadline. But how do you think that's going to affect the rotation if, like you just said, if we actually have to ease him in instead of, you know, play Wayno pretty much right away? I think they release it. It's like who? It's 
Quintana and then Michaelis for games one and two, and obviously three hasn't been decided yet. But, um, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think that – I don't think Wainwright's one of our top three pitchers right now, so I don't think – I don't think you go with him. Uh, it sucks to say because he's been—he's a legend. Uh, I mean, you could argue that his jersey is going to get retired here. So, I mean, it sucks to see. But also you have to realize that, and he realizes it too, and he knows it, that they're playing for a championship now. Like the regular season was the regular season, and now they want to cap it off with a World Series championship. And I think, part depending on like how it goes and stuff, it would be a fairy tale ending if Wainwright got to close out the ninth with Yachty in the World Series. That would be that'd be beautiful. Throwing back to that 2006 moment and they go out with that, that would just be awesome. But it really depends on how the series is going. Obviously, if it's game seven and we're up a run, I don't want them putting in Wainwright just for nostalgia. <laughs> but I don't think Wainwright being out really affects us that much. I think even if he wasn't dealing with dead arm, the way that Quintana's been pitching and Michaelis, I'm even, I'm still on the Montgomery train, like hard, even though he's been bad. He's been not as good the last couple starts, but I personally thought they were going to go Quintana, then Montgomery. Um, What do you think, this is kind of sidetracking off of it, but just the fact that we get to see Bryce Harper in the playoffs against, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado, you know, like, just star power all over the base pass and in the in the in the field. I mean, that's pretty freaking sick for our first series. Um, but also kind of concerning, you know, that they have a guy like Harper who can just turn it on pretty much at any given moment and make a historic play in MLB playoff history. I mean, at the drop of a hat. So that's kind of concerning, but it also makes it like. I think it makes it more watchable. I mean, it's already watchable, but, you know, when you've got a Hall of Famer on the other side as well, it just makes it that much better. Oh, well, I just think that that's what, that's what the playoffs are all about. I mean, it's like that in every sport. Like, mm-hmm. No matter who's playing against each other, it's what the playoffs are all about. But I think it's awesome that we get to play Philly just because there's a lot more to it than Harper. I think the fact that the last time Philly played in the playoffs. Yep, 2011, the wild cards. Yep, everyone remembers that here in St. Louis. Yep. And I'm sure Philly remembers it too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit more to the whole series. And Philly's got really nothing to lose. They scare me a little bit more than I would have thought. Like, if you would have told me in, like, June that we were playing the Philly, and I would have been like, oh, we got that on wrap. But Philly Rob Thompson, their manager, you know, they fired their manager in the middle of the season. And he just turned them around. So they got really they got a chip on their shoulder. And Bryce does too, really. I mean, he's he doesn't have a ring. He left the Nationals before they won that one year. So he's got something to play for, uh, kind of trying to prove himself. And a hard city to win in. I don't know if you guys remember that play at the very beginning of the year when the third baseman of Philly dropped the ball and he got booed. And then he said, I fucking hate this place over the mic. Or he mouthed it, I think. Yeah, and but it he, was... Like, it was, like, one of the easier ones to lip-read. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, they've really just turned things around there. And, it, I mean, like I said, they scare me a little bit. But it's only getting – I told myself this today. I was like, it's only getting harder from here. If we win, we're playing Atlanta. And if we beat Atlanta, we're probably playing the Dodgers and the Mets. So. Yeah. 
Um, flashing back to the 2011 that Philly series, it was in Philadelphia, and I I was pretty young. You know, we were what eight, seven, and eight. Yeah. And uh, but one thing I vividly remember still, and it makes me laugh now because I love this shit now, is I remember seeing the fans' faces in the crowd. I mean, just tears and just like really stone faces in Philadelphia. I just hope that's not the case in St. Louis because we've got the perfect storyline for that to happen. Like that's that will be the faces of St. Louis fans if the Phillies do that, what we did to them in 2011. So, but yeah, like you said, I mean, and this goes for any sport and we've mostly been seeing it with, I think basketball and football over the past couple of years, but we got a glimpse of it as well at baseball this year. But, you know, the 76ers with Ben Simmons, now the fans just hate him. You know, uh, Nelson Aguilar with the Eagles and how the fans just hated him, you know, and trolled him whenever they could, you know, and that they're so glad, you know, that, you know, he's not an Eagle anymore. Um, it's a, it's one of the best sports cities in the world. So that also makes the matchup, I think, a little bit more fun. But also, you know, you have one of the best sports cities in the world versus the best baseball fans in the world. So, yeah, just great not only the great matchup, great fan matchup, great fan interaction online as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the better mascots as well, the fanatic. I mean, that's definitely for sure, but we haven't talked about how the Cardinals haven't set up a Game 3 starter yet. What? Why do you think they're doing that, and who would be your Game 3 starter season on the line we need a big, big time start. Who are you picking? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say who my game three starter is. You haven't even played game one yet. We might not even need a game three starter, or we might be crying by game three. We might be—you don't know if it's play if you're playing out that far. And I don't think most teams have said who they're going with game three. I mean, I think that's Sunday, obviously, but it depends, and it depends because he said Marmol said that. Flaherty and Montgomery could pitch in game one out of the pen. So I think it depends a lot on how much they have to pitch out of the bullpen. So obviously I don't think that you're going that far out right now. Yeah, I say that far out even though it's only Sunday. But still, in the grand (laughs) scheme of it, it seems pretty far out. But I would go Montgomery right now, I think. I think anyone would. I'd love the idea of Flaherty in the bullpen. Yeah, and also you got to think, I mean, I think you're kind of alluding to this. It's also strategy, you know, not – yeah. You know, I mean, you're already given one and two, you know, if you make it to three or if you even have, if you have to play three, you also, you don't want to give them that edge right now. You know, that gives these guys all the more time to look at film, you know, and uh, look back at what's worked against them from their own hitting perspectives. And uh, yeah, I mean, so I don't really blame them for not giving out their third guy. I mean, they've already given out one and two. So, and uh but you, I mean, you kind of have to do, obviously. I mean, the guy's got to know that they're getting ready to go out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's smart to not already give out your third guy. And it's not really a necessity. So, so Jake, who is your pick to go game three right now? Or do you are you just seeing how the series plays out? I would say easily Montgomery. I, I thought I said that earlier, but. I would easily go Montgomery because I, I said I love the idea of Flaherty out of the bullpen. I think you could get a lot out of him, and I think he could go all three days depending on how he 
how much he throws. If he throws an inning for game one and game two, then he definitely could pitch game three too. So I would stick yeah. with him in the bullpen. And I also think that Schwarber and Harper both being left-handed have to do something with it. I would want Montgomery the left-handed matchup on both of them. Even though last time Kyle Schwarber played the Cardinals in the playoffs, he hit maybe the longest home run off the Cardinals I've ever seen. I have that image burned into my head for, the, I think, the rest of my life. So I would want the lefty against both of them. Also, yeah, and, uh, something, that I, something that I want to point out, if there's a natural tragedy that happens, the Phillies have Castellanos. So we could be screwed, even though I don't know if he's still hurt or not. But I, let's just hope nothing bad happens in the world this weekend. But if something bad does happen, it will be funny <laughs> if he, True. I don't know, even when he, like, nowadays it's kind of gotten a little blown out of proportion. Like, even if he just, like, ropes a double and, you know, a senator was, you know, did this or did that or, you know, there was a major tragedy like uh, Jake said, you know, we just blow it out of proportion and just say, well, it's just like clockwork for Castellanos, you know. It doesn't even have to be a home run anymore. But it, knowing uh, the Cardinals and Castellanos, it, it probably would be a home run, if, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just another thing you got to mark down as a possibility in this series. But uh, that's kind of honest. We don't even know. I thought he was activated, but like recently, but I could be wrong on that. That's something we'd have to look into. I'll be able to tell you tomorrow at 107 if he's playing or not. Yeah. Wait, what, what was that, Jake? What, what we... I, I didn't get what Jake said on that. Uh, he just said that, you know, since you guys are going to the game tomorrow, he'll, he'll know whether or not Castellanos is in action. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um. So we got Quintana versus Wheeler tomorrow, and then Michaelis versus Nola. Neither of those matchups favor us. So what are the keys to victory in one of those, and then hopefully to send us to a game three where we will face Ranger Suarez? Well, I think that the big key, I don't even know if this is a key, but like, to stay calm, I mean, we have the far more playoff experience and we got the series at home. We're the higher seed for a reason. I think that they just got to play calm, cool, and collective. And, I mean, nothing beats the experience of Wainwright, Molina, and Pools having the playoffs. And even Goldie, he's played in the playoffs every year since he's been the Cardinals. I mean, Arenado just had last year, and that was the one game. But, I mean, still, we got the playoff experience all against all those guys. Schwarber was probably the only one that – has some of our guys beat. So I think we just got to stick to what the Cardinals know. And But if you want to get on like real, like not like real technical, but the offense is what I think. Wheeler and Nola both scare me half to death. So I would stick with the offense has got to get going. Today it was it was just announced that Paul DeYoung, Nolan Gorman, Ben DeLuzio, uh, there was another guy, Packy Naughton, they're all making the postseason roster, and none of them – I mean, Deluzio hasn't been bad, but he doesn't have a lot of upside. I think he's mostly, like you said to me earlier today, the pinch runner type of situation, which makes sense. But for some of the other guys, I mean, what what are they bringing to this postseason squad? Well, I, I agree with the Deluzio one. I think you keep the runner. Uh, I think Naughton, 
I think he just picked him over Cabrera. Cabrera's been terrible as a left-hander out of the bullpen towards the end. Uh, Gorman obviously has the pop, but I don't know. Gorman, I think if you think about it, is the least case to get backed up. I mean, because I think Donovan and Edmund easily slide over uh, Gorman in the lineup. And then who was the other one? DeYoung. DeYoung. I guess you – I don't – he should learn Chinese soon because he'll be in China. But uh, I, I, he makes the least amount of sense. I guess defensive replacement, like in the ninth. But I don't know. I hope I hope he's already played his last game as a Cardinal. Him and Yachty, I'll, I'll go to their retirement parties just so I can make sure in person that they're both gone. <laughs> That's so uh, true. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what what's your playoff lineup looking like? You have to send out a team there consistently every day. What's it looking like? This is where it's going to show that I don't really watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> catcher, I guess you go Yachty, even though Kisner just sucks too, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, Goldie at first, obviously. Donovan at second, probably. Edmund at short. Arnado at third. Uh, Carlson in center. Uh, God, I guess Dickerson has to play theoretically. No, he doesn't. Yepes didn't left. Uh, well, I mean, who who are we getting in the outfield? We got Newt Bar. We got oh, that's who I was blanking on. Newt Bar in right. Carlson in center. And then I guess you go Dickerson or Yepes, or you play Gorman and put Donovan in left. Nah, or you could just play the matchups because, you know, Dickerson's lefty, Yepes is right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And neither of them are really good at defense, so that's not really going to be a factor. Well, that's um, probably why they have a guy like Deluzio. Why we were like, why is he on there? But if they start Yepes or Dickerson and we get to the seventh inning and we're winning, then we can put him in for the defensive replacement because, hell, you can't get any worse at hitting than Dickerson. Even though his second half was a lot better than his first half. But I feel like there's no harm, no foul, and Deluzio playing in there when we're already winning. All right, and then one last thing about the Cardinals series here. We we need a hit. We're in game three, bottom of the ninth, runners on second and third, down by one run. Who do you want at the plate? If it's a lefty, give me Albert. What if it's not Actually, a lefty? What, I'm give me Albert and both. Me and you both have our theory about Goldie and Arenado when the lights turn bright. Uh, yeah, they can't hit after the sixth inning, and they can't hit when the lights are on. So I would say give me Albert. You don't got much to lose. I mean, his second half is incredible. We know how he can play in the postseason. If yeah, and, and the storyline could favor us too. Do I mean do we have a, a shot in the world then if Arnado and Goldschmidt I mean they can't perform under the lights? I mean every single one of these games is pretty much under the lights, except tomorrow, one one PM start. But um, you know, the rest of the games are you know, most of them are under the lights. So if your two best players can't perform under the lights, I mean, do we even have a shot? No. I mean Okay. 
you need Golden Arenado. Yeah, what, I, I no know. No other team you can really say besides the juggernauts. But like any team's beatable if they're three and four hitters or like if the Dodgers don't have Betts and Freeman, they're beatable. If the Braves don't have Acuna and Olsen, no, not even or Riley, not Olsen. But I mean, if you take away anyone's three or four hitters, they're gonna be beatable. But yeah, if Golden Arenado don't show up, then because it, it almost for the p- opposing pitchers, you think, oh, they haven't been able to hit, so I can just attack them like I'm the alpha in the situation. So I mean, I think it changes a lot if they both can't hit, but maybe they can figure something out this year. So yeah, I mean, you, I, you think is- I hope so. I mean, you know. With Yankees or with uh, Yankees players, it's always earning your pinstripes, and it's always you know playoff success and stuff like that. Obviously, the Cardinals don't have, I guess, a saying like that, but um, it would be nice if you know your two best players, probably both of them are probably future Hall of Famers if they keep up, you know, their success. Um, you know, this is their chance to kind of really add on to their legacy or, you know, really like expand on it to where they really have a solid case for the hall when, you know, that it comes that time. But, you know, obviously just from a fan perspective, it is so demoralizing when your two best players in the offs suck, you know, at the plate, you know, cause no matter what, I mean, those guys, I know you guys say they struggle under the lights, but you know, it is like clockwork for them out in the field, you know, especially with Arnado, but Goldschmidt too. I mean, they're both studs in the field. So you can almost, no, you, you can count on that 100%. But, I mean, we really need their bats. And, you know, like I said, it's demoralizing when they don't have their bats in the playoffs because then we're left with, you know, guys like Molina to count on and, you know, Lars and uh, – and uh, Albert, you know, who I'm glad we get to count on this offseason, or not this offseason, this playoffs, because like you said, I mean, he's had one of the he's had one of the best second halves. I mean, he's, he's probably top one or two, you know, for best second halves this season. As a he has hitter. the uh, he has the highest OPS in the second half, and really wild. But yeah, I mean, it's sure I thought. Oh, okay, he. he Albert has had uh, the second highest OPS in the entire major leagues, and he only trails Aaron Judge post All Star break. So, there's that Aaron for perspective on how good Albert's been. Congrats to Aaron Judge, by the way, for seventh all time in home runs <laughs> in a season. Yeah, at least the Maris family can finally rest. You know, okay. I bet their kids were getting tired going to all these games. They looked old. I mean, how how long ago was Maris? What era is that? 61 years ago. Okay. 61. So they're, they're probably like, what, 40 or 50 years old? Yeah, I would imagine they're in their 50s. So, I don't know, they looked, they looked uh, old and tired. Also, that's, that's uh, one thing that we can just go ahead and jump into real quick. The guy who caught the 60-second home run ball uh, is like a, a hedge fund manager. And uh, I think it's, what, right now the standing offer for the ball is like $2 million, uh for the ball. But he, I mean, this guy is 
a millionaire already. So, I mean, what do you think he's going to make the ask for in return? Or do you think he's just going to hold on to it? I would hold on to it as long as possible. I mean, I would too, because like I just said, I mean, he's got millions of dollars. So, I mean, two million, you know, more obviously, I mean, you can do a lot with two million. Oh, it's going to go for more than that, though. But, yeah, that's I, that's just what the first standing offer was from, like, some auction house I saw. That was like, they're, and they're like, that's more than fair. I, that, I don't know how you can be the judge to say if that's more than fair, you know. Um, obviously, there's other things other sports memorabilia you can like look at see what's priced at but i mean the mcguire when mcguire broke maris's record like when he actually broke the record the ball went for 10 million at the time so that was in two early 2000s so 20 years later i'm sure with inflation but i also would think the mcguire ball would what'd you say luke No, his, his mic is muted, so. Oh, okay. I'll just keep talking. I would think the oh, McGuire no, Bowl. I, I, never mind. <laughs> I, I can, I, I'm sorry. I forgot that my mic was muted. Cam, you need to mute your <laughs> mic too, by the way. And, uh, uh, But, yeah, I think that, I mean, the McGuire Ball was obviously a big one, but this Judge one is, is a big one too. So, I mean, if I was the guy, I'd give it back to Judge, specifically because Judge asked for it. He said he'd like to have it back, but at the same time, he can't do anything about it. Um, I, I would ask for things in return, obviously, but, you know. He, well, doesn't he already at least get 61 back? Or are they just sending it to the hall? Well, I would think you want the I, actual record. I don't know. Yeah, I know, Fraud. but I, I, I get what you're saying. I would, too, but, I mean, the MLB doesn't have control of that baseball. They have control of 61 because it was just hit into the bullpen. So, I don't know if, I mean, like you said, I would hold on to it, too. I mean, why why the hell not if you have all that money already? Well, I think it's cool in a, in a way that Al, the way that Albert's approached it. Like, he's like, oh, I want the fans to keep the ball. Like, he hasn't made – and I guess because Albert's lived the storied career. Like, what else could Albert want? But, like, I just think it's cool, and obviously we're biased towards Albert. But I think it's just goes to show that Albert's a class act. That he's like, yeah, fans keep the ball. So I just think that point is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the I thing would, with Albert. I would say, you know, uh, that I think I would want the ball – in the Hall of Fame, because then, you know, it's almost like you do kind of have it in a way, because you could go visit it pretty much with your family anytime, because obviously Albert's first ballot. So, I mean, that'll be like one of his homes will be Cooperstown. So, I mean, you can just go see the ball there any single time, and they'd probably even have a camera on it at all times, and Albert could probably just check in on the little camera. Oh, there's 700. Um, So I think that's what I would do, you know, because obviously Albert doesn't need the money. For the ball, and he would never sell it. They would, and obviously neither would Judge. But I think that's where I would want it is just in the hall. Um, but yeah, that is respectful that he just wants it in the fans' hands. But I mean, really, it's just in the hands of one fan until they do something with it. So yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, like like Jake was saying that Albert's a class act. And I think that's what we're really going to miss about all three of these guys is Yachty, uh, 
Wayno and Albert, like they're all Roberto Clemente award winners. They're all just St. Louis darlings. And so not only we're going to miss like their production on the field, but we're going to miss just their personality being around the game. And I think if Wainwright retires, he'll probably come back around the game in some way, shape or form, like be an announcer or something like that. Probably hopefully replace Jim Edmonds. That would be nice. Um, but I, Yachty's probably going back home to Puerto Rico, Albert, we don't know what he's doing. So it's just, you know, we're going to miss these guys even more. Well, yeah, he has a basketball team to run in Puerto Rico. So, I mean, he's already been doing yeah, that exactly. all season. Yeah. So, I mean, you gotta, I mean, I think they won the championship and he's only there half the time. So just think about it when he's there full time, they're going to be like a juggernaut. So, just look out for Yain's basketball team. They, you know, they may make some strides, and before you know it, just like the Adelaide Thirty Sixers, they might be beating uh, NBA teams in the preseason game. So, yeah, and he's just—he's he, a fiery owner. I mean, we saw him boot that basketball and get tossed out of that game before the championship. Also, how how respectable was that that the Cardinals just let him go down there for his championship game? <laughs> During the season, I thought that was such a wild moment in just baseball in general. That I you mean, think it was right around the time that we recorded the first that I was on the show the first time. Yeah, so right before it. like the All Star break, yeah. I think. So, just yeah, interesting final year for Yachty. That's for sure. Definitely on the field and off the field. Uh, interesting to say the least. Yeah, I, I mean, that is that is for sure. So I, anything else that you want to say about the playoffs, not just about the Cardinals, but really just about the playoffs in general before we uh, we all give our predictions? Okay, I mean, not really. I'm ready to get into my predictions. I love the predictions at the beginning because usually I'm terrible, even though I'm a baseball expert, according to you guys. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to give. I'm so conflicted on all of them. I'm just going to make a gut decision looking at the brackets, I feel like. But I'm ready to get into that. I ha- I have a conflict with my predictions. My I, I have a conflict in the fact that the team I picked to win at the very beginning of the season before it all started is different from the team I think is going to win it now. So I don't know. But I, I'm just going to – it's a new set of predictions, so I think I'm just going to go with the team I think is going to win it now. So before, I guess – before we uh, we get this interview over with, Jake, you want to start us off with your wild card predictions for this weekend? Who do you think are going to be the four teams that move on? Uh, before Jake goes, I just want to shout out to the Blues who are losing by a full touchdown right now to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're down seven to nothing, <laughs> and some preseason be my tough team. <laughs> but yeah, Jake, go ahead. My tough scene is the Broncos only having six points right now. But uh, obviously I got the Cardinals over Philadelphia. I got the Mets over the Padres. Uh, American League's tough. I'll take Tampa Bay over Cleveland. And Seattle over Toronto. All right, Cam, you got predictions? Yeah, I mean, I'm 
I'm riding with the same thing I had at the beginning of the season. I've got Mets. I'm sorry, not Mets. God, I've got Yankees, Dodgers, and it's Yanks year. So I'm riding with it. You know, it's it doesn't look bad at this point in time. It looked a lot better at one point in the season where I was like, damn, this the Yankees really have a real shot to just dominate and win it with ease. But it's never easy, obviously. But uh, there was a point in time where you're like, Nobody's going to beat them in the offs. And uh, obviously they had a little moment of regression there, especially over like a 30-game span or so. Um, But I still think that uh, they're going to win it all. And uh, I think it will be one of those uh, randomly historic series with them in the the Dodgers. I think they might actually – they have a really tough – possible first series i think uh the yankees do am i am i right they have a possibility to play the uh the indians or the rays okay yeah the nah, the guardians actually uh yeah not the the I, can't say the wow. i word on here uh but you know <laughs> you have to play uh your own divisional matchup which you know isn't great in the playoffs because they've seen you so many times, but it's the same, obviously it goes both ways. I mean, they've seen them a lot of times, but yeah, I've got Yankees still, and I still think the Dodgers are dominant. And I think, you know, America might actually be rooted for the Yankees for once. Finally sick and tired of the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, this is just a shit fest on TV on Amazon Prime between uh, the Broncos and the Colts right now. Uh, I was gonna cut in a like a right before halftime. There was a it was like fourth down and thirty eight for the Colts, but I didn't want to interrupt Jake's flow. But I, it's just the epitome of this game right now. Six uh, three score, um, and Matt Ryan, you know, is playing like Colts Matt Ryan. It is not looking good right now. Yeah, Yankees Dodgers. <laughs> All right. I like how you just like skipped over the wild card prediction. You just went right to the World Series. But I think that's I think that's just your motto, Kim. You just you get to the point quickly. So that's nice. But uh I, I'll take the I'll take the Cardinals as well. And then I have the Padres beating the Mets. So uh I know that Frank Fleming that Frank the oh, Tank Frank. is gonna love that prediction. Um and then uh, I'm in the American League. It's it's a lot tougher, but I have the Guardians, but then I have the Mariners as well. And a best of, I think they take it in three against the, the Blue Jays. So I, I guess we'll move on to the DS now. Jake, you got a DS prediction? Yeah, I'll take St. Louis over Atlanta just because uh, I could see. Yeah, just because the Cardinals. Uh, then I'll take the. This is my the toughest prediction for me because the Dodgers are obviously a juggernaut, but they also haven't won a legitimate World Series in a while. Mickey Mouse ring doesn't count in 2020. So just for the sake of the show and for the sake of it looking really cool if I get it right, I will t- I'll take the Mets over the – and I also want the Mets and Cardinals to play in the LC- NLCS. I just think that's awesome. So I'll take the Mets, Cardinals, Mets, NLCS. That'd be awesome. In the American League, I'll just take Houston and the Yankees because no one's beaten them. 
All right. All right. That's fair. I, I also have uh, Houston going to the CS, but then I have – who do I have? Oh, I have the Guardians upsetting the Yankees. So a little bit of a, an upset there. I think you might be right with the Rays in the first round. I If the Rays win, then I think the Yankees win this series. But if the Guardians, in my in my honest opinion, I think the Guardians are going to beat the Rays, and then they're just going to have momentum, and they they just have the mindset right now that they don't give a shit about anything. And so that is very helpful for a team in the playoffs. No expectations. The Yankees have all the expectations. I have the Guardians upsetting the Yankees and getting their revenge from like five seasons in a row. And then uh, I'll take in the National League, I'll take the Dodgers and Braves just to, just to, you know, I, they're the two best teams. I I can't wrap my head around that Guardians pick. I mean, they don't even – they lucked into the playoffs – the AL Central is five teams that did not try to make the playoffs, but someone had to win the division. And towards the end, Cleveland saw that they could make the playoffs, and then they started trying. So, because Minnesota really ran for the, the whole first half of the season with the division. And don't even get me started on the White Sox, Tony La Russa, gross. But Cleveland, I don't even know. Nope, I don't even have them beating the Rays. And then in the NLCS, I got the Cardinals beating the Mets, obviously, because part of me wants to watch Frank's videos and it be related to the Cardinals. (laughs) And then I got the Yankees in the American League. And then I'll go – I'll take the Cardinals winning it all, I think. Part of me could not beat – it's probably rigged because that's the best storyline, I think, is the three guys going out. That would be the best – I think that would be the best for baseball. I legitimately think that the Cardinals or the Yankees would be the two best stories for the sake of baseball. But also, even if it I, is rigged, we don't care. I, I think the you know, it's been forever, really, when you talk about Yankees history in terms of them winning a World Series. So, And forever for them is not very long. But I do agree. I think, you know, Cardinals have the best storyline. And then the Yankees are one, the Yankees, and two, they just had Judge break the record, and uh, they had such a dominant season, and then uh, they fell off a little bit, but then, you know, they're able to rebound and win it all. But here's my sentiment about uh, the Mets real quick, is that I think it could go, obviously it can go two ways, but this is how I'm looking at it, and I think it's leaning towards the direction of, not going to work out for them just for the simple. I think they're demoralized about the fact that um, Blooper and the Braves, you know, snuck up on them at the very end of the season and they were slowly sneaking around the whole season, you know. Um, but they were always, you know, a few games back and then they just snuck up on, on them at the very end and claimed the lead. And I think the Mets are looking at it like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, one game. And, you know, we could be, you know, not playing in the wild card round and uh, hosting this thing and, you know, having home field. Um, And they blew it. And I think that that might really hurt their morale. Um, But there's also another way to look at it as, you know, they're going to play with fire because, you know, why not? What are they, you know, they've got something to lose, but also like, 
they think they should have been, you know, one of the top seeds because like the Yankees at one point in the season, they were very dominant. So um, I, I think that I, I do think though, it's going to be a morale hit. And I think they are actually going to fall short in the playoffs pretty quickly. I saw something on Twitter and Luke, you can correct me that the Mets had a still had a top five second half out of all the teams in the MLB. I I, just, I don't think people are yeah, realizing right. how the Mets didn't play bad in the second half, and the that's Braves why played, it's kind of demoralizing because they lost the, their top spot in the division, even though they still played good. I don't think it's as demoralizing as if they would have just fallen off and they would have started playing bad. I think the Mets have the mindset that hey, we finished the regular season with the same record as the Braves, we can beat these people. Like, we have DeGrom and Scherzer. We can beat them. Yeah, I, I also think that it's kind of like a we have they, – they want revenge on the Braves. And the only way to do that is to make it to the, uh, the NLCS. And so I think that all those guys are determined. Like, they have to get revenge because if not, they're not going to be able to, like, settle. Because right now they're, they're restless. They just got swept by the Braves to ultimately lose the division lead, and now they're in the wild card. I think – yeah, you could look at that in a way that yeah, it's demoralizing, or you could look at it as hey, we were one game short, we just came up, you know, we just missed it, maybe a game or so, but we know that we're good enough, you know, we're one game right there with them. We know that we're good enough, we can beat anyone here. We just got to you know figure out how to beat the Braves. I feel like Mets fans and Cardinal fans kind of like I feel like we kind of like got a like a bond together, kind of because we need the Mets to beat the Dodgers and they need us to beat Atlanta. Like that's both of the team's best situations. Cause I hate to say it, but the Mets have a way better shot if they play us than if they play Atlanta, I think like, Oh yeah, for sure. What was that? I said, Oh, I said, yeah, for sure. And also a thing to note, we kind of own Atlanta in the playoffs. So yeah, they're really good, but historically, like not just recent history, but like literally, 50 years back dating every time we play Atlanta in the playoffs, we have tremendous success against them. So maybe this is a year that they, you know, flip the script or maybe, you know, we just continue to run the table on them. Broncos, I'd like to say are putting together maybe probably the best drive of the night so far, but they're just got to took a huge sack. So they're probably going to be in field goal range now and they're not going to get a touchdown out of it. Because their offense is feeble, one of the one of the best red zone offenses <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, just a quick note: Jake is actually a Broncos fan, but uh, he also Sadly. has he also has the ability to dismiss them when they completely suck ass. Which is honestly, being a sports fan, that's an important ability to have because. Uh, you know, there's some big fans out there, fanatics who you know will follow their team no matter what. And when they <laughs> suck so bad, you know, it's hard to uh, just drop them. But uh, yeah, I mean, this Russell Wilson thing thus far is taking a while <laughs> to get going. Um, some big football guys in the stands. Wow, I'm Look mostly, at that guy. mostly just a Broncos fan, and then whoever's playing the Packers. I love to hate the <laughs> Packers. <laughs> Luke doesn't. Yeah, uh, I would be able to hear, but Cam forgets to mute his mic, and Jake is just like a mumble, so I can't. I heard something about I hate the Packers, but that's it. 
<laughs> You're hearing Jake through. Well, there's that Broncos offense, a blocked field goal. <laughs> blocked field goal, that'd be funny. Man, this game's a stinker. Well, it did get blocked. I Are you behind? Are you watching on Stream East? Yeah, I'm watching on Stream East. So. It, you know, it, no, it we got to bleep that out. The authorities can't know that we watch it on that. But it, I mean, that wasn't It'll even take a it field goal. Like, it, it literally got stuck. It doesn't even pay me anymore. It's kind of just I'm like watching it right now. He's getting, he's lining up. So I feel like it should almost pay you even a little bit more because Russ was supposed to give the fans hope, but it is just bad. Yeah, like, it's been no better than the previous guy. No. Like, maybe a little. But I just think it's because the name Russell Wilson. Like, if this was been any other quarterback, they would have just been like, eh. That's oh, yeah. Quarterbacks in Denver have been since Peyton left. Yeah, hell, I mean, even Peyton's last year. I mean, you guys had to – Bailed sh- out by Brock. Yeah, literally had was bailed out by Brock, and then they were just like, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll give him the start in the bowl. And it, it ultimately worked out because Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and company. But, yeah, I mean, they literally have not had good quarterback play since then. But, yeah. Well, yeah. We got a little off topic there, but mess. nothing wrong with it. Was where, that, where were we at in the predictions? I said uh, we got a little you, off topic. There. I think there, you have to give your World that. Series. Or you had Braves and – No, I don't have Braves. I have the Dodgers and the Astros, and then I have the Dodgers getting revenge on the Astros. And here's the thing with the Dodgers. You're like, oh, Luke, they're the, they have the best record in baseball. How come no one's picking them then? They're kind of like they, – they won 110 games – they absolutely what the hell are you talking away. about? Cam picked them. I'm talking about to win it all, Cam. You picked the Yankees. Oh, true. That's true. Because they're the Dodgers. They haven't won a legitimate ring since our parents were in high school. I know. But this is probably their best team that they've had since our parents were in high school. We say that every year. They find a way to get even better in the regular season every year. And then they... They can only win when there's no fans in the stands. I, I agree with that. I know what you're saying, but I think people are starting to pick up on it, and I think this might be the year. See, everyone, like, in the years past, they're like the Dodgers, 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 Dodgers. They're the best team, and then they always choke. This year, what are the teams that are being talked about? The Astros, the Yankees, the Braves, Mets. And then occasional, there's a few Dodgers. But for how good that they have been this year, there is not enough like Dodgers. Most people and so, have the Dodgers, though. Like they're yeah, every, some, most most everyone has Dodgers and Braves and the chase for the pennant. But yeah. also, I but, think that a lot of it for me is that the Dodgers have the most overrated manager in the league. The only reason Dave Roberts is considered good is because he has the best players in the sport on his team. Every year when it comes to the playoffs, we realize why Dave Roberts is a terrible manager. He just is a good face for L.A., and he has the best players in the sport. Yeah, that is true. I think he, he just seems to get exposed every year in the playoffs. But uh, it, it, that certainly makes my prediction weaker. But, I mean, who knows? Uh, I still I still got him. You know, I, I see a team that won 110 games, has the number one overall seed throughout the entire playoffs and the World Series included, 
and they are somehow flying under the radar. And so when I see that, I'm going to take them. But at the same time, the Astros are a very, very good team, and they, they probably are the best team like to win the World Series just because like of their pitching staff and their lineup. But I, I think that uh, with the Dodgers getting home field advantage and them having a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, I think they take the cake in this one. If the Astros don't use trash cans to steal signs. But if they do that, then it's Astros. But if not, I got the Dodgers. There's that Broncos defense for you. This is, I think that the Broncos have a curse on every team that they play. Like, they haven't even, the other team that the Broncos have played every game this season has been god-awful. Like, I just think that they, I know we're getting off topic from baseball, but I just think that the Broncos have a curse. No, the addition of primetime, and they make teams terrible. But not like the Colts were good. But they made the 49ers look pretty bad. Yeah, but you're also naming all offenses that, are like mid to average in the league. And let's not forget, I mean, the Broncos' defense is really damn good. Uh, their offense sucks, but, I mean, like you just said, they, they beat the 49ers. And they made the 49ers in that second half of that game look really bad on offense. Uh, Geno Smith had to scrap to win that game. You know, their defense played fine in that game. Hackett just made some wild coaching decisions in that one. Uh, the only game where the defense has looked bad so far was against Las Vegas. So, um, I mean, and Matt Ryan ha- has had some really big struggles to start this season. Uh, so it doesn't really shock me that he's struggling here tonight. Um, but the Broncos being 3-2 and two is solely based off of their defense. No, uh, for sure. not not Russell Wilson in the offense. So, yeah. Also, rip Javante. Yeah, rip to my main man Javante Williams, who uh, he is. It was a bad knee injury. Like it wasn't. They said it wasn't only. Oh. <laughs> he just he just punted the ball into the stands off that drop. But yeah, Javante. I mean, they said he tore his ACL, and they think I think they say MCL two or LCL, one of the two whatever an LCL is. Um, so he's probably dead for at least like a full calendar year. So that was a hell of a kick. Uh, yeah, he legit That's an that. athletic specimen type of a play right there. I would have to think Frank Reich has got to be one of the hottest seats in the league, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, kind of... People are starting to realize that uh, Frank Reich actually isn't that great of a coach. He had one great rookie season as a coach and since then has not been very good at all. So uh, just the fall of the Reich, if you will. So I think Luke just now saw the kick play. Yeah, because yeah, I, I saw so. his face just light up. So <laughs> I um, just now saw the replay for that. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he just booted it into the stands. That was funny. All right. Brandon McManus is the MVP of the league. (laughs) The Broncos offense, I wonder, he has to have more points than Russ has scored for us this year, easily. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. It's probably really close because they did just play in a game where, against the Raiders, where I think they scored over 20, right? I don't know. I didn't even watch. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that game either, but. 
a nice score here late third quarter. But yeah. Did they just play on Monday night? No. Yeah, the the Broncos have played on three of the, the primetime games so far. They've played on a Monday night, a Sunday night, and now a Thursday night. So hopefully that's get ready. That. They got Monday night next week too. Are you kidding me? No, I don't. Yeah, no, oh. I'm not. I I forget who it's against. I think it's the it's a division opponent. So it's probably Give me like Chargers half a Chiefs. second here. It is the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers on Monday Night Football. On Jake Baldwin's birthday, maybe they'll give me a present. <laughs> that would be beat the Chargers. That'd be nice. That'd be four and two. If we pull, find a way to pull out four and two with how bad that offense has been. Wow. This is how it feels to have a good team. I have one every year. They just choke in the playoffs every year. Rooting rooting for the Packers is like rooting for the Dodgers. Really good in the regular season. They just choke every year. Except the Packers didn't get a COVID title. That's the only difference. Football really didn't have, like... That's the only one that I would maybe say was legitimate from the 2020 season. Because the NBA bubble... That was like a whole different like thing. That was just crazy. I see. There's a lot of people that uh like dismiss the NBA bubble, which whatever to each your own. But it was competitive as hell. I mean, they literally were stuck at home for a good month and a half, just like everybody else. And then had like a week or two to get in shape, and then boom, they just balled. But bubble ball was something different. I mean, we had guys like T.J. Warren dropping fifty points in in the bubble. Uh, guys like Jamal Murray were going nuts in the bubble. Um, and uh, I, I sure it wasn't the same as a regular NBA playoff fan atmosphere, but it was it was like a different level of competitiveness. Um, but yeah, a lot of people dismiss that. Baseball is definitely the least of the three. Football, you know, fans in the stands are not. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously they play a factor, especially come playoff time and, you know, in the fourth quarter of games, especially with teams like the Seahawks and the 12th man and whatnot. But at the end of the day, football is football. And, you know, guys, it doesn't change the tone of the game in terms of guys getting drilled and getting hurt and, you know, it's still being super physical. But yeah, baseball. That the sixty-game COVID baseball season. What the hell? <laughs> the ball just keeps getting kicked. But um, yeah, COVID baseball season was definitely the least of the few. And I agree with you, Jake. Uh, NBA bubble was just—it wasn't you know the same fan atmosphere, but it was still very, very competitive. And same with the NFL. Luke, you're about to see another just. Nice kick football here in this game. So, yep. Um, Not as I'm waiting for it. No, it's kind of just like out. Well, I guess I guess that's just the epitome of this game. Shout out to the scoreboard right now. Nice six nine score. Yeah. Don't know if I could say that. This might be a failing (laughs) show. Yeah. Wow. Talking about sex. What is this game, man? This is bad. It is very bad. Broncos Colts all time battle of the battle of the horses. Yep. Peyton Peyton Manning. I Hopefully hope you're enjoying watching. this one, Jeffrey. This too. 
his two teams that he built up and have completely died since he's since he's left. Both of them. Yeah, both teams. These are both two teams that have really been in the same exact boat. I mean, once Andrew Luck retired, uh, the Colts fell apart, except for that one weird playoff run where they made in Frank's first, or in Frank Reich's first year, and then the Broncos. I they haven't been to the playoffs since the Super Bowl. I don't. I believe, and they haven't had a competent quarterback since or coach. Or coach, yeah, you're right. Or coach for that matter, um, and that actually looks to be the same way thus far. Hackett is looks like to be a little bit in over his head right now, but I think he might be able to smooth it smooth it out. But um, we'll see. And obviously, it would help if the Broncos' offense got things together. And I heard Chris Collinsworth. I think me and Luke talked about this last week. Is that um, you know this is an offense that is going to take like five to six weeks for it to really get going. Well, here we are in week five. So, uh, you know, and it hasn't really gotten gotten going yet. So uh, we'll see how much longer it takes. And if it never clicks, I mean, what if they go a full season where the the offense just doesn't click? I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're not going to obviously get rid of (laughs) Russ, but I mean, if you go a full season. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I think that would be a smart idea. I mean, if Hackett's calling the plays right now and it just doesn't work out at all, then yeah. But So, yeah, I think that kind of wrapped up all the baseball, obviously, as yeah. we're just talking about the horse bowl. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a Broncos talk for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Jake, for coming on the show once again. You're the first recurring guest in Show Me Show history to go along with the first guest in Show Me Show history. Yes. Maybe we'll do an off-season baseball one and get some free agent predictions. Yeah, like with the hot seat. Or not the the hot stove, the hot seat. Yeah. I'm retarded. Um. So yeah, I mean that was that was a lengthy interview. So just to recap, Jake has the Cardinals versus the Yankees, and the Cardinals winning. Cam has the Yankees beating the Dodgers, and I have the Dodgers beating the Astros. So, and that's gonna that's gonna wrap up. So once again, Jake, thank you, and uh, we'll send you guys into the rest of the show. Should I leave it? Interview with Mr. Jacob Baldwin was brought to you by Anchor. All right, and that was special thanks to uh, Jacob Baldwin for taking time out of his day to uh, to help with the preview of the show. And now we're going to move into the second half, where we're going to do our rundown as we always do of Week Four, and then do our Week Five predictions. It'll be a little bit quicker this episode just because uh, of the interview, of course. Um, then I'll start, I guess. Or are you starting with the first game? Yeah, you can start. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, right. Jake. Um, busy guy, and he gave us about two hours of time. So thanks to Jake. Um, yeah, and I hope you guys both have fun tomorrow at the Cardinal game, man. That's going to be yeah. so epic. Yeah, the only yeah. thing I wish – I wish it was a night game, but that would make yeah, it a little bit more cool, sure. like a playoff feel, but it's still going to be rock and, like – I was talking to my boss at work, and he said he went uh, not last, but the last time they had a playoff game at home, I think it was the Braves, maybe in 2019. And he said 
He's like, you know that feeling like during a regular season game when someone hits a home run and the entire stadium like goes wild. He's like, it's like that, but the entire game. And I'm like, oh, I cannot wait. That's going to be so fun. So this is something for me. I've never been to a playoff game and neither has Jake. So this is something that we've always wanted to do. Yeah. I've been, I think, two or three times. To a playoff game? Yeah, I think – I remember I I went and they lost to the Nationals in the playoffs. That – it's been a while, but I can't even remember when that was, when we played the Nationals in the playoffs. But, yeah. Yeah, I – the only – the only regret I have is that we way overpaid for tickets because we paid ninety bucks to sit yeah, in the very top row. Yeah, he told me about that. And the fourteen dollars. But I'm looking seats. now. Yeah, I'm looking now, and you can get better seats, like a whole section down below, fourteen bucks. So hey, if you're if you want to go to the game tomorrow and you don't care where you sit, check out Game Time because this is a free ad for Game Time because there's like fifteen dollar tickets on there if you want. So. Me and Jake are talking about going to an NLDS game if we make it that far against the Braves. So we would definitely get last-minute tickets there if, if we go that route. That would be fun too. But anyway, it's time for football. Football talk for week four. And we start off in Cinnamon Cincinnati, where the Bengals took on the Dolphins and Tua. After Tua exited with an extreme injury, death, the Bengals put the game on cruise control and cruise in the next week's Sunday night football against the Ravens with a 27 to 15 win on Amazon. All right, let's head across the pond to London, England, where the first game under King Charles's rule took place. Speaking of King Charles, let's talk about cousins. Except this time they are alive as Kirk threw for 273 yards and led the Vikings to a victory with a little help for from the goalposts for blocking the game timing game time kick twice to allow the Vikes to hold on 28-25 double doink as the Vikings are 3 and 1 next we head to the south where the Houston Texans took on the badly injured Chargers but to the surprise of no one the Texans are just complete ass cheeks as the Keenan Allenless, Rashawn Slaterless, Joey Bosaless, Justin Herbert Ribless Chargers win twenty-seven to seventeen. Yeah, we uh, we dropped the ball on that one. Um, up in the city of Brotherly Love, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles took on the up-and-coming Jaguars in the return to Philly for Doug Peterson. Uh, a warm welcome he received. The Eagles were given a scare as the Jags got out to an early 14-0 lead thanks to Jamal Agnew and company, but then fingers once again hurt the Jaguars as Trevor Lawrence couldn't hold on to the ball, losing four fumbles in the very rainy game, and the Eagles remain the only undefeated team 29-21. Down the Jerry world we head where the Cowboys took on the Commanders, the Cum-Anders, and that's exactly what the Cowboys' D did to Carson Wentz, as yet another sad day for Washington happens. Cooper Rush is in a hurry to become the starter as he moves to 4-0 as a starter in his career, putting Dak on the hot seat. It's a hot seat. Cowboys win 25-10. to 
up to Baltimore in the middle of a hurricane we had where the Bills opened a hurricane on the Ravens in the second half, flooding their defense with 20 unanswered points. Passing games were down as the wind and rain prevailed, and the Ravens' rushing attack couldn't get it done, especially in the second half, as the Bills went on a walk-off field goal and are no longer 0-7 in one-score games. 1-7 as the Bills win 23-20. to And up to Schittsburg we had as the Steelers are officially dead. Zach Wilson dug them a grave when the Jets pulled out the Philly special that led to a Zach Wilson greedy on all the moms in Pittsburgh. Mitch got benched and Kenny Pickett completed all of his passes. Unfortunately, three of those passes were to the Jets defense. Jets put the Steelers to rest 24 to 20. The city of Detroit is where the Seahawks went to take on the Lions in an all-time Big 12 shootout that led to the first scoregami of the 2022-2023 season. TJ Hawkinson had a Kelsey-like performance in this one, going for 179 yards and two touchdowns, and DK Metcalf took a shit on the Lions, going for 150 yards as the Seahawks get back to 500 football with a 48-45 win over the Lions. DK Metcalf quite literally took a shit on the Lions, too. Um, To the city of champions as the Falcons take on the Browns in a battle of the sad franchises, Aubrey Marcus Mariota was a non-factor, only completing 7 of 19 passes, but it didn't matter as the Falcons drove the running game right down the Browns' throats. And somehow that wasn't the worst drive of the week for that defensive line. Falcons 23, <laughs> Browns 20. We had the Lucas Oil Stadium where the roof was wide open, but had no effect on this game as Derrick Henry put his legs to work in this one early on, and the Colts were never able to keep up. The Colts' offensive line continues on their mission to get Matt Ryan absolutely killed, and Jonathan Taylor is also not looking good to start the season, allowing three sacks and a 2.1 rushing average for Jonathan Taylor. Titans prevail in this one, 24-17. to 17. We head to the Big Apple, where the two worst 2-1 and one teams in history battled each other. This game could have taken place in the 1960s, as it was dominated by defense and the run game, as the QBs threw for less than 250 yards combined. The Giants take this one on a sad note, 20 to 12 and move to 3 and 1. Wow. Huh? In Carolina, <laughs> the Cardinals take on the Panthers and the somehow not yet fired Matt Rule. Despite a double XP weekend for Kyler, he went for three total touchdowns with only one interception. Hollywood Brown breaks out for a big game in this one, and the Cardinals' defense steps up to send Baker in the Panthers' offense off the field with booze towards the end of the game. For the first time in franchise history, the Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16. to Up to Green Bay we head, where the Bailey Zappi led Patriots to not go home happy. Or did they, as Bailey Zappi showed signs of a young Tom Brady, stepping up for an injured Brian Hoyer and taking the Packers to overtime. Romeo and Juliet Dobbs stepped up with a big-time touchdown, and Mason Crossbar absolutely drilled 
a game-winning field goal in overtime to send the Packers to a 27-24 victory over the Pats. And that's our rundown. Uh, well, we forgot three report. games. But... Yeah, we did, but uh, it happens. Um, okay. And uh, we're actually going to be heading to overtime here in this one as uh, Colts Broncos battle the horses, the horse bowl on Thursday night football. And you might be thinking to yourself, the Broncos are on primetime again. Yeah, three out of uh, the five weeks so far they've been on primetime. So. Um, and they're on primetime next nine week against nine. the Chargers. Yeah, they are. Uh, nine to nine in this game has gone exactly how you thought it would. Uh, some really bad Russell Wilson throws. No touchdowns. Uh, Luke had an interesting stat for us uh, uh, before we got back on the recording, I think. Or did you say that in the interview? I can't remember. No, it wasn't in the, the interview. Stat was, they showed a stat on the broadcast, and it said it was the first time or no, no game has ever gone touchdownless when both the quarterbacks have four or more Pro Bowl appearances. So this is, I mean, unless a, somebody scores a touchdown in overtime, it's the first game ever where that would happen. Which is a, a weird stat, but a stat that makes a lot of sense. Um, but... Matt Ryan is looks like a shell of himself, especially with this offensive line. And oh my gosh, the the Broncos offense is just uh, not an offense right now. Dead. So they're dead. Yeah. yeah. Much like and Garrett Bowles just got carted dead. off the field. Yeah, which is very yeah, sad after last week. Uh, he tried to make that miracle tackle, and it was just a, a laughing stock of the NFL uh, last weekend, but can't blame a man for trying. But, yeah, he got carted off, one of their best offensive linemen. Um, so, yeah, just not great for the Broncos and uh, their fans right now. But, yeah, um, interesting week coming up. See, what interesting week in review. Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, I think we should just start you a spotlight. With your game, honestly. I, I want to spotlight. We both are that both of our teams played in games where some new quarterback faces uh came out yeah. and showed. So I think yeah. we should start in Green Bay, actually, because that may have been the most interesting one. Uh where, you know everybody thought, you know, that the Packers would win, but you also in the back of your mind you're like, I am not really now the fact that Bill Belichick is going to make this a close game somehow. And he obviously did, even though I think maybe his play calling at the end of the game may have cost them. But nonetheless, Bailey Zappi came in for an injured Brian Hoyer, and he wasn't ass, if you will, and actually, you know, played them back into this game. I mean, for a fifth-round draft pick coming in, uh, you know, literally in like the middle of a game to make his debut, he played really good for that, you know, given the circumstances. Um, and, you know, watching him at Western Kentucky, he was an electric player. So I think, I mean, in in New England, all you got to do is be really good and you will win multiple Super Bowls. And that's what Tom Brady did. And, uh, you know, now he's considered the greatest of all time. And people, my only gripe about this game is that people are calling 
zappy the next Tom Brady. They're like, oh my gosh, the circumstances are almost identical, which is true. You know, he comes in for an injured quarterback in the middle of the game and plays good. However, here's my, my gripe. No one will ever be like Tom Brady ever again. I'm sorry. We'll never see anything like it again. Bailey Zappi, he, could he be a future Hall of Famer? Sure. Could he win multiple Super Bowls? Sure. But will he be Tom Brady? No. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers played well, too. That's my other thing. Yeah, he did. Um, my thoughts on Zappi is, uh, yeah, I mean, he for a rookie, he played solid. And I think they actually tried to limit him, honestly. Like, they didn't want him to feel overwhelmed. And uh, Belichick made a big point to do that of not making him overwhelmed. Like I said, they limited kind of the playbook, it seemed like, at the end of the game. Yeah, where they just went straight runs and didn't really give Zappy a chance. Which, you know, is, uh, you know, it could either play out two ways. Uh, The fact that maybe he thought, that Belichick didn't trust him. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a demoralizing for a quarterback. Or, you know, just the fact that uh, he didn't make, like, a, a heartbreaking mistake and Belichick kind of saved him from that. And, uh, you know, you don't have that loss of confidence. But I'm not going to jump on the wagon of he's the next Tom Brady. I mean, uh, he hasn't really yeah. shown that kind of, uh, play. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of hope he turns out because like you were talking about at Western Kentucky, I didn't really get to watch him at Western Kentucky until the end of the year. I would flip on to their games to see if he was going to break the, the passing touchdown record. Um, because he had like 61 or 62 passing touchdowns and, uh, 5,900 passing yards last year in an air raid attack with the Hilltoppers. Um, So he was really good in college for one year. He played Juco, I think, the rest of his way through because I don't remember him being anywhere else besides Western Kentucky for one year. Um, Could be wrong on that. But, yeah, I mean, it was cool to just see him another – it's cool to – I mean, as a football guy, it's just fun to see rookie quarterbacks playing. So it was nice to see. And then, uh, yeah. That could lead us into another note. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of games I feel like we need to spend time on this week. It was kind of a a midweek, but one game that jumps out is the Bills and Ravens. But before we get to that, because we're talking about rookie quarterbacks, we got to go to the Jets and Steelers. And, uh, you know, obviously Kenny Pickett makes his debut in this one. And uh, he he played solid. I mean, he he made some weird decisions, but, you know, they were also losing. Most of the game, and you know, I Zach Wilson, he had a great debut or a great 2022 debut to say the least. And uh, the Jets actually look like a competent team with him, which is wild. Um, yeah, but yeah, like Luke said, uh, Kenny, you you just muted yourself, by the way. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, it's not that. Kenny played great. It's more that he provided a spark for the offense. And I know that's a very cliche thing to say, but as someone who watched the game, it was real. Um, and, you know, Mitch could have very easily done the thing that maybe provided the spark for the Steelers. But just the fact that Kenny came in and QB sneaked for a touchdown and then had another rushing touchdown 
given a short field with Minka um, interception. That was almost a pick six again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Luke said he completed all of his passes. It just so happened that three of them were into the Jets' defensive hands. Um, and two of them I don't exactly fault him for. One of them, yeah, was his fault. But the throw up to Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool didn't even really make a play, an attempt to make a play on the ball, which uh, maybe they're, you know, maybe he just wasn't expecting it. I have no idea. But he didn't even make, sometimes uh, as a, I played receiver uh, when I was younger, and sometimes you also just have to become the defensive back yourself if you know you can't make a play and bat the ball down, and he didn't even really make an attempt to do that. So that was pick one on the deep ball to Chase Claypool, which I don't really fault him for. That can happen to just about any quarterback. Uh, the second one was his fault, and then the third one, I mean, it was just a Hail Mary attempt at the end of the game. So, I mean, and but all interceptions count the same in the stat book. So, but to the yeah. to the naked eye, obviously that one doesn't really hurt him as much. But yeah, the ball didn't touch the turf, and he was hitting guys. You won't believe it over the middle of the field. So uh, <laughs> something that Mitch literally did not do whatsoever. And it was just different when Kenny was playing. And that's why Mike Tomlin announced that he's going to be the starter going forward right now. And I don't blame him. And, you know, if things go awry, it also wouldn't shock me if they turn back to Mitch uh, randomly throughout the season. I hope they don't. I hope they just kind of let Kenny develop and keep going. But I have no idea. So, yep, I'm not mad. Uh, this is... I think I've talked about this before. I think this is the worst Steelers team since I've been a fan. And uh, I think this is going to be the first year that Mike Tomlin doesn't go 500 at least. So, which is also weird. I've never experienced that either. So I think you're right on that, by the way. It's a weird year for Steelers fans. They just look really, really bad. And this game right now, the Broncos and Colts has major tie energy. So, I just want to say, if whenever this podcast comes out, if it ends up in a tie, I called it. I'm calling a tie. A 12 12 tie. They both get a field goal. Yeah, they need a, and then, need a uh, McManus field goal. Oh, the Colts scored. I guess the kicker's coming out now. Yeah. Um, and then some other games. I The rest we can kind of skip over because we're, we're running short on time due to the interview, but we got to talk about the Bills and Ravens. I mean that yeah, was. I mean, like that was an incredible. Like, we in the prediction we said it was going to be close, and we were, you know, we were torn on who to pick. And I mean, the the Ravens dominated the first half, but the Bills dominated the second half. So it was really a evenly matched game, and you know, this had a playoff like atmosphere, and it was just a it was a really really good game between two really good teams and good offenses, and uh, yeah, just it was just fun. And I, this game could have major, like, if we look back at the end of the year and these two teams have the same record, like they're tied, this game's going to loom large in the seeding, you know, potentially maybe for a first-round bye or something. But Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't think that's going to happen for one reason, and that's for because it seems like the Ravens can't hold on to leads. Uh, this is the second time that's happened. Uh, I, I saw a stat. The Ravens have been leading – for all of 14 seconds in this football season, and they're 2-2. Yep. and two. So, 
both of their losses coming at the end of games. And uh, but I think we mentioned this. I think I mentioned this in the rundown. Uh, the Bills are finally no longer zero and seven in one score games. They finally get one in the win column, and uh, it's good for Josh Allen to finally get uh, a win in a one score game. I mean, you got to be able to do that come the playoffs. And uh, you know, it's good to you get to be able to win the grind. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to grind one out, and they. You know, they haven't been able to do that. They've been able to be in a position to do it, but not finish finish the game. So uh, that's big for the Bills organization as a whole. And for the Ravens, man, I mean, like uh, we've talked about, they've been in the position to win every single game thus far, and they just can't hold on. So they've got to figure that out. Uh, they're obviously one of the better teams in football, and they're probably going to win the AFC North. I think that's who we predicted to win the AFC North at the beginning of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, because the Bengals, they look like they're coming back to competency. And the Browns might lose a few too many games without Deshaun Watson and company. And then they're probably going to lose a couple games when Deshaun Watson comes back anyway just because. Um, So it's probably the Ravens to lose, but. They have been losing. You know, they're two and two and they've yeah. got some things to sure up. So Exactly. That game we're gonna predict that in a little bit, but that next week's game is gonna be a big one. Um that's about I mean, that's all that I have want to recap. Is there any game that you're like dying to recap from last week? Uh or have any quick notes about I would it or like to just, uh yeah, one game I'd like to touch on is just the fact that uh the Seahawks Lions game. The Lions yep. offense is very good. And, and their defense uh, is very bad. Jared Goff looks like he has improved since he's come to Detroit. Um, meaning that, you know, he I don't remember him I mean, there was a couple games where he showed that he was a first round talent. Uh the big one being that Monday night football game against the Chiefs in LA. In the packed Coliseum, one of my favorite football games I've ever watched. But he seems like he's he's improved since he's been to de- gotten to Detroit, and yet um, the the Lions are averaging the most points on offense, and they're also averaging the most points given up on defense, and that's why they're one and three. And uh, Dan Campbell, man, he preaches this every year: the little things. They're not doing some of the little things, and that's why they're one and three. But the thing is, man, is the Lions are far from being a team that you can just look at on the schedule and and chalk it up as a win. Those days seem to be over. Yep. So that's a step in the right direction for them, at least. Um, and it's just, it's and they were, it's really just. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, you know, they did this without Amon Ra. They did this without. Uh, uh, Swift, Swift, and so you know when DeAndre, and so yeah. uh, you know they did this without their two best offensive players, and you know, and they still scored forty five. But at some point, your defense has got to step up, and they haven't been able to do so yet. So if they figure that out, then who knows? But right now, I mean, the offense is good and the defense is really bad, so. And yeah, Gino I mean, Smith it's just weird. Looks it's good. really it's just weird to see the Lions uh have that bad of a defense when they got guys like Hutchinson, 
They got guys like Okuda, who's actually playing really well. Um, you know, just kind of shoring up those main positions. But you know, they are developing, and you know, the rest of the rest of the guys on the team aren't exactly like studs. So it does make sense. Um, and I mean, in the recap, we didn't recap a few games. So the Chiefs won forty-one thirty-one on Sunday Night Football. That was a fun game. And then the the 49ers once again beat the Rams 24-9. But we'll probably talk more about some of those teams in, uh, in, the, in the predictions. So, yeah. you want to get into um, So, this game, last, I didn't have a prediction. Oh, sorry. My I just have one last note besides that game, and this is the last one. Just that yeah. we actually – the wonder didn't hit in the – uh, Vikings Saints game, and that uh, that was actually a really good game. And usually the London games are complete shit. And they have another good game. It looks like coming their way this week. And uh, between yep. your Packers and the uh, is it the Giants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, three one three one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Giants. So yeah, and Kirk actually got a nice win and another fourth quarter comeback, two in a week or two in a row for him. So. Just wanted to point that out. Not not bad for the Vikings. Yeah, that was a that was a good game. So uh, last week we went was it ten and six? We had our first ever winning week in Show Me Show predictions history. So I mean, we got ten and six. That's that's playoff. You know, they used to say you get ten wins, you're in the playoffs. So that's that's a playoff record. Um, we're slowly working our way back. <laughs> yeah, or the Dolphins. Um. So we're slowly working our way back to 500 on the season. We need another another 10 and 6 week this week. But we started off right now our prediction is not looking good. Cam, I didn't really have a prediction because I forgot to say it, but Cam said he picked the Broncos. And uh I I probably would have before the game. I I'm, I'm just going off my guess cuz they're at home. And that that's literally the only reason why cuz both these teams are really underperforming this year, so they, I wouldn't want them just cuz they're at home. Right now, they're struggling okay. to even they're, manage a they're tie. Going for it. They're going for it on fourth down and one. Oh, All he's right. wide open in the they end just zone. They took a timeout on one. What the fuck? They drop it? They get it? Not even close to the receiver. Bad throw. The oh. Jerry Judy, I think it was, was wide open on the slant. And... The Broncos are going to fall to two and three. Here's the replay. Uh, Sutton on the left side. He's locked up. There's the wide open man in the back of the end in the end zone of the zone window, and he oh. completely missed him. And he just tried to force it to Sutton. Wow. What? Oh, they're right on the goal line. Yeah, Jeez. fourth down and one. I I honestly would have kicked the field goal if I was the Broncos. Okay, it was KJ Hamler wide open in the end zone, in the zone window, and Russell Wilson missed him. So, what do you know? Russell the, Wilson throwing a bad pass on the goal line. What's new? Um, so, I guess Show Me Show is on one. Wow. Okay, so we are. Yeah. Fuck. So we're KJ Hamler is so open. Oh, that's got to hurt for Broncos fans <laughs> and Russell Wilson. I mean, he sucks. Oh, man. K.J. Hamler is like Oh, my goodness. He is like throwing his helmet. He was wide open. He just didn't see him. Yeah, he just missed him. And then, I mean, eventually he was covered up, but he was wide open at the beginning in the zone window. So, 
Yep. You know what? I don't wow. mind that call though going for it. If I'm the flow of the game says to kick the field goal there because you're not going to score a touchdown just based off the flow of the game. But I like you know the aggressiveness. So, but hey, zero and one. Last week we started off one and zero. So I mean, this is not a good start. I guess we'll move to the London game now. Packers Giants. I think the pick is just the Packers. They're better. Yeah, that's good. I'm fine with that one for sure. All right, and then we'll move to the next one just on my screen on Google. Lions and Patriots. This is an interesting game because the Patriots have a terrible offense but a good defense, and the Lions have a good offense but a terrible defense. So uh, very, like, hit or miss on this one. This one's going to be – watch out for a Bailey Zappi breakout game in this one too with the Lions' really bad defense. I'm going yeah. – I'm going Patriots just because they're at home. And I don't think the Patriots will start off one and four with Belichick. It just doesn't seem like something he would do. Yeah, this is whoever loses will be though. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna disagree. I like home Belichick. Okay. I think technically you're supposed to make the picks this week, but we can just agree. No, I think I, I picked Chargers them last Brown. Week. Oh, really? Yeah, that might be true. I, I forget. Chargers. Okay. So yeah, it is Chargers. my weekend. Yeah, it is. But Chargers are the most confusing team. I'm so confused. So are the Browns this year? Yeah. I mean, the Browns lost to the Jets and Falcons, and who did they beat? The Steelers and uh, shit. Do they not have a good win? Steelers and who else did they beat? They, they beat the Steelers and the Panthers. Yeah, they beat the Panthers. So this so is not, like their, they don't their really best have a good yet. win. Yeah, they don't really have a good win yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with the Chargers. No, 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 no. Browns because they're at home. Is it in Cleveland? Yes, it's I'm in a, Cleveland. I'll, I'll go Cleveland if it's in Cleveland. Yeah, me too. I, I so changed it last second. I think the Chargers, they're hit or miss. I think they're going to lose this one. All right, and then we got the Jags and Texans in Jacksonville. I think this is an easy one. This is the Jaguars. Yeah, I think as long as it's not raining, I think the Jaguars will bounce back. <laughs> yeah, true. Trevor Lawrence and his fumbles. All right, that was an easy pick. Now we got Falcons at Buccaneers. I think this, hmm, wow. The Falcons have actually looked not bad this year, and, and the Buccaneers kind of have looked bad, but this is this is, this is is Tampa. This is a get-right game. I've got Tampa, yeah, and uh, I don't know if it's a, a get-right, but um, I just think Tom Brady's hungry for a win coming off that loss where he threw 350 passing yards. I think he had four touchdowns, no interceptions. And they lost. I don't think he's ever had a game like that in his career. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've got the, the Buccaneers as well. Although the Falcons are way better than we thought. I'll say that. Yeah. So we're taking Buccaneers in that one. All right. This one is, yeah. oh, my gosh. This is the easiest game, and I'm sorry, Cam, but it's Steelers at Bills. This is Bills by probably a million points. Yeah, uh, one thing to note about this game is that uh, it's in Buffalo. 
They're starting Kenny Pickett. And the Steelers are a plus 14 underdog, which if you check, Big spread. It's, like the, it's like the biggest underdog since like 19 or 60 or 1970 in the NFL. That seems Which surprising to me that there hasn't been that like is very a 16 or 17 like, point favorite. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of one, like a, a spread. I feel like that's, that's a fake stat. Where did you see that? I, the, I saw it on Twitter. Where- Multiple times. Okay, so it actually it is it's real confirmed. Actually, if it's on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who, who said but, it was it like uh, a verified check mark? Yeah, and betting people, and a bunch of like, oh, it's definitely real. Then it was a verified check mark. But yeah, I uh, yeah, Bills. I don't really want to talk about that game, so. That's going to be a fun recap game. Here's an interesting one. Dolphins at the Jets. Wow. Who would have thought this would be an interesting game? I think I have the Jets. <laughs> I know. Because, um, it's not because that the Jets are better. It's because Teddy Bridgewater is at quarterback. So yeah, I've got the Jets officially this one. You know what? I'll, I'll side with you on that. And the Jets are at home. I think they're going to win this game, and I think people are going to be super hyped because the Jets are then going to be three and two, and, and have a tiebreaker over the. Yeah, and then they'll lay an egg next week against. I'll look it up. Whoever they play, but I, it's it's a it's a storyline for the making right there. It's just so perfect. You know, Jets come in, they beat oh. the Dolphins. Everyone's like, oh, whoa, the Jets, 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 and then next week they'll come out. And they'll lose to the Packers. Those get blown Although out. This is, a, this is also a game, though, where Kenny or not Kenny Pickett, sorry, Teddy Bridgewater. He may not win you this game, but he's not going to lose you it. So if Zach Wilson makes a bunch of mistakes, then maybe the Dolphins can pull it out. But I think yeah. have we picked a home team every single time thus far? Yep. Hey, it worked for us last week. We only picked like four away teams, and guess what? I think all four away teams won, actually. All four of the ones that we picked won. All right, next one. Jeez, I think this one may be another home team pick, Cam. Bears at Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. I agree. Bears stock. Not This one is just a weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really bad. Um this one is just kind of a weird game to look at. I'm just looking at it right now and it kind of hurts my eyes. Uh Titans at Commanders. Oh my god. Tits come. I'm still so trying to process that. Um let's see here. Titans, Titans at Commanders. I think the Titans might be rolling all of a sudden. I and, think so too. Uh, the Commanders might be in a, a complete downward spiral. Which I is think the Commanders are dead. Which is sad. Yeah. I mean, we just started the season, and they're already dead. I mean, they literally started out with the yeah. win. So I, that that is just not good. But could mean yeah, Sam Howell sooner rather see, than later. Yeah, we... We may see Carson Wentz get benched here. 
Exactly. Yeah. I, I want that because Taylor Heineke is at least a fun quarterback and Sam Howe, uh, he's also a fun quarterback, you know, the rookie. So, but Carson Wentz yeah. is just, he's just sad. Yeah, he is really sad. I mean, Car- His career is, I mean, it's, it's bad. It's gone he off is, the rails. He looks yeah. like a really scared puppy. And yeah, the defense is just kicking him around like a really abusive owner. And uh, the, their offensive line is like the other person in the relationship with the the uh, the dog abuser, and they just kind of watch from afar, and they don't really do anything to interfere, and they just let the dog abuser through and just kick him around, and it's very sad. So, yeah, Carson Wentz, not good. Yeah, that that's actually a great analogy too because, I mean, he's – you have to think he's done as a starter forever, right? He's never getting a starting job again. Yeah. After, his la- after this season, last year at the Colts. Yeah. The year before at the Eagles. He's just a backup now. Well, the thing is, his season last year with the Colts, there's bad teams that would take that, that quarterback play. And I wouldn't blame them for bad teams taking that kind of quarterback play. Because, I mean, think back. He went 27-7. and seven. Uh, touchdown interception, which is not bad, but and bad teams will take that. Like I think, if you ask me, I think the fucking Texans would take that right now. So um, <laughs> that's that's just me. But but would I they take his contract? would take that right now. Um, I'm not sure his contract. Jimmy, Jimmy G is sucking right now, but that's a different thing. Um, that was yeah, funny. I mean, they the Commanders and Forty Niners just did a QB swap. But they're big contracts. Just swap. <laughs> Jimmy G's contract's not that big now. It's like oh, really? all cut up now. Yeah. I think it's one year, like four or five million. I can't remember. Might be 10, actually, which is kind of a lot. But oh. he's going to be the starter for the whole year. So paying your starting quarterback yeah. only 10 million isn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you got Titans, you said? Yeah, that's fine. We need a road team. All right. Yep. All right. And this one's going to be a fun one. Seahawks and Saints. And it is the if it flies, it dies train for the Saints. Is James playing? Do we know? Is James alive? I think as of right now, he's still – I think he's uh, doubtful right now. Okay. Well, Which if James plays, he's, he's got broken bones in his back. He's got broken bones in his back. So uh, there's a reason why he's not playing. And he hasn't been that yeah, good so. anyway. So why have sent out a quarterback that hasn't been good who also has broken bones in their back when you can send out a very mediocre Andy Dalton? Just yeah, a great overall situation for the Saints right now. Yeah, a very handsome, soulless redhead. Yeah, he has no light. He's he's stupid. We you know we can push him around. What does he have to lose? Be fine because he's not a. What does he have to lose? Not a soul. I mean, he could die, and he could probably just his body would get back up and start walking again. Um, you know, somebody could literally probably pull out a gun and shoot him, and he'd just get back up and start walking like a zombie almost. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he'd probably just get back up and hand the ball off to Mark Ingram. Yep. 
Or just drop back and throw a five-yard pass. Or a 10-yard pass yeah, for an interception. But five-yard hitch route to Chris Olave. You want to do a situation in this one, like if Jameis plays, we'll take the Saints, just due to the fact that if it flies, it no. dies. Seahawks? I, I don't know. I don't, are, the, wait, are we having a conversation? Are the Saints dead? This is an interesting one. They're one and three. They don't have a quarterback. Uh, their defense hasn't looked that good, really. Michael Thomas is, you know, he's doing his yearly being hurt thing. Alvin Kamara isn't been hasn't been himself. He's also injured, I think, too. Sean Payton isn't I there anymore. Are the Saints dead? I think they're dead. It's Pronounced sad, dead. but I think they're dead. Yeah, I, I I'm not going to disagree with you. And the Seahawks have some life. Until you know, remember? I don't know if you remember. Last week, I told you that we should not trust the Saints until proven otherwise. And I exactly. think we yeah. also had a clause last week where if Winston didn't play, then we're not taking him. But I didn't want to take yeah. the Saints so last week you. anyway. And luckily, we and luckily we took the Vikings because Winston was out. But I don't want to pick the Saints until they show us they can win a game. I really don't. Okay. I'm fine. I mean, we literally just pronounced them dead, so I think that's we take the Seahawks. I hate to say it, but the Sounds offense good looked good for the Seahawks last week. Yeah, Gino I, was cooking. I, Let Gino cook. Yeah, I just picked up Rashad Penny in my fantasy leagues because Javante Williams died, so I'm hoping for a big game from Rashad Penny. And then uh Yeah. That's gonna do it for the the noon slot of games. We can move on to the afternoon. Oh my gosh! This How many we got only... in the afternoon this week? We got three. That's it. That's not enough. And we kind of have a stupid game of the week too. If I'm if I'm reading it right, what is it? So uh, we have two possible ones. I don't know which one it's going to be. It's either going to be the Eagles at the Cardinals, so a bird matchup, or the Cowboys and the Rams. And I think it's probably going to be the Cowboys and the Rams just based on the fact that the NFL shows us the Cowboys at any chance they possibly can. I don't mind those, actually. I, I don't mind either of those. I'd re- I think I'd rather have the Cowboys game, actually, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. But the Eagles and Ca- Cardinals could be like a fun – that could be a fun uniform matchup. And, you know, that could be a fun quarterback matchup, too. Both of the, those QBs are, are tiny. You know, obviously Kyler's a little tinier, and you know they got big arms and they run Jaylen a lot. Is not tiny. He isn't. He would. He seems no. kind of tiny. He is not tiny, and he is built like a Mack truck compared to Kyler. And Kyler's built pretty well, but and he's like yeah, five. Jalen is not that small. All right. Well, Jalen, that's classy that's guy. He is yeah, very you wanna, classy. You want to take the the Eagles in this one just because of Jalen Hurts' classiness? You know what? Yeah, I want to take a – you know what? Yeah, let's take the Eagles, okay. not only because he's classy, but let's not forget this guy has some SEC experience as well. So um, that plays a factor into True. it. Um, not a whole lot of SEC guys on the Cardinals when you think about it. Um, I'm – 
a lot more of, you know, Hollywood Brown. That's another Oklahoma Big 12 guy. Um, J.J. Watt, Big 10 West. I mean, what the hell does that have to offer? Um, Where did Isaiah Simmons go? Clemson, not SEC. Um, Oh, Marcus Golden, former Mizzou Tiger. So SEC experience there, but... Uh, besides that, not a whole lot of SEC experience on the board there. So, and the Eagles are kind of, you know, they've got uh, Devontae Smith, SEC experience, just another guy there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and don't forget that, remember when we were doing our NFL prediction show and I said Nick Sirianni is going to win coach of the year? We were doing that and, and I didn't have one great. Just on the spot. Yeah. I, I, I threw out Nick Sirianni and. <laughs> That might be one of my best uh, spontaneous predictions ever, right? I mean, it's looking good right now. There's a long season left to go. but So we'll take the Eagles in that one. Cowboys, Rams, at Rams. Mm. Cowboys, Rams, Rush, at undefeated. Rams. Battle of the Coopers. Cowboys defense looking fantastic. Rams offense looking think- not good. I think let's take the. I'm taking the Cowboys. You can veto can we if you ride want, with but the I'm boys? taking the Cowboys. I think Weedon boys. Yeah, Cooper, Cooper Rush looks good in their defense. Matthew Stafford looks rough right now too. Yeah, I don't know what's up with him, and he's racist, like you said at the beginning of the season. So doesn't help. Yeah. So you got Cowboys too. We them boys. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm I like that one. Weed and boys this wow. week. Until proven otherwise by Cooper Rush. Weed and boys. How about the NFC Beast this year? Um They have the best record in our so last far. Game. I know. Eleven and They're five, cruising. I want to say. That sounds right. And three yeah, of the losses right. are from the commanders. Yeah, because the Giants yeah, only have then, one loss, and the or the Cowboys only have one loss, and the Eagles are undefeated. So eleven and five right now for the Beast. How about that? And then the last afternoon game is just kind of a sad game if you really think about it. It's Forty ers and Panthers, and this one is Forty ers just based off the fact that the it's the Panthers, and they're is, kind are of the dead. Panthers at home. Yes. That raises some questions because this I mean, is going to be if a you want to put the Panthers in quarterback. You want do you? Let me just ask you a question, Cam. When we send out, when we send out this on Sunday morning, send out the graphic with all our predictions. Do you want it to say the Panthers as a winning team that we predicted, just in turn for them to get blown out by the 49ers? You know how embarrassing that would look. What do we win? What do we gain if we pick them and they win? One, one, they're not going to get blown out. This is the NFL, and the 49ers have Jimmy G at quarterback. But you're right. Debo is looking a little fat, and it's it's paying off. So let's let's go 49ers. Do you, do you want to take the Panthers? I I no, I don't want to. But it's okay. just. It's just one of those feelings uh, that, you know, Baker's been awful, and it's either, you know, 
he's either going to break it up here or he's not. But I don't know. I, I, you know, I've pictured 11.55 a.m. And I'm looking at the graphic right now for week five. And, yeah, I, I, I don't want the little basketball thing that we put on who we pick to be on the Panthers' side. So you've swayed me. I hope you're happy. Yeah. I mean, and this is the way I think about it. If we pick the Panthers and they somehow win, what do we gain? That still looks dumb that we pick the Panthers. So even if they win, <laughs> just how sad their <laughs> franchise is at the moment. Um, and then now let's move on to maybe the best game of the week. We got two really fun games in primetime this week. So make up for the stinker tonight. Bengals at Ravens. We haven't mentioned the Chiefs. Have we mentioned the Chiefs yet? Nope, they're Monday. Okay. All right, sweet. So Bengals-Ravens is the Sunday night game. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. This game will probably have huge implications on the AFC North. At the end of the year, it's at Baltimore. I'm going to defer this pick to you because you're an AFC North expert. I've got huh? the rat birds. Ooh, okay. You think they figure it out it's, on defense? I I think it's the final score is going to be like either 27-25 or 27-24. And the Bengals are going to uh, be down like 20 to like 7 or like 20 to 10, and they're going to come back. And then the Ravens are just going to edge them out. So, but the one thing to note about this game that's I probably shouldn't even say it out loud because it's going to make me start thinking the other way is that the Ravens have the 32nd ranked secondary and they're and and uh keep that in mind the Lions also have a secondary. So, the fact that the Ravens secondary is behind the Lions says how bad it is. So, I don't want to talk myself out of yeah. it. So, rat birds All right, I'm not going to veto you on that. And then last game of the week, Raiders at the Chiefs. This is set to be a really good game. I'm going to take the over in this one. But it's in Kansas City. It's in Arrowhead. You're going to have the fans going, oh, oh, oh. And then during the National Anthem, you're going to have the fans go, and the home of the Chiefs. And the Raiders Beautiful. just won't overcome that. And the fact that they have all that, plus they have to face Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs all the way. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be risky here. I'm just going to take the Chiefs. But from a fan perspective and from a uh, knowledgeable perspective, one thing to take in mind or keep in mind is that their car is actually good against Patrick Mahomes at uh, Arrowhead. I don't know if you remember, but like uh, they were like one of the only teams to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead like last season or the year before that. I can't remember. So just watch out for that. But Chiefs. All right. Yeah. I agree with that completely. So to recap, we got – we had the Broncos, but they lost – we had the Packers, the Patriots, I think we had, the Browns, 
Jaguars, Buccaneers, Bills, Jets, Vikings, Titans, Seahawks, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Ravens, and Chiefs. So the entire week we picked five away teams. Strategy worked for us last week. We went ten and six. That's not bad. Yeah, what what are we what are we gonna do this week? You'll have to see, I guess. You know, but we're, I we're, this might be the first week where I don't sit down and watch NFL football because the Packers have the early game, so I'll watch that game. But then after that, it's playoff baseball time. So I, the NFL may have to take a back seat. Especially, I want to watch the Sunday night football game, but if the Cardinals are in a game three, they play at the exact same time. So Cardinals are getting my my watch in that one. Even though I I want to watch, you know, the Ravens and Bengals. I don't hate on your decision on that as a, a being a big baseball guy. Um, in fact, I'm, last weekend. It doesn't even have anything to do with being a baseball guy. I'm just a playoff guy. You know, if the NBA is in playoffs, NHL, you know, college football, NCAA basketball, anything. I'm going to choose playoffs first. If if it was – no offense, but if it was the NHL playoffs or week five NFL regular season, it's not even up for debate. I'm watching Red Zone all day over NHL playoffs. But – if Cardinals are playing uh, game three on Sunday, yeah, I think I'd probably – I will be at least switching back and forth. Shout out to uh, – who is it? Paul, Paul Pierce? Shout out to Paul Pierce? Or is it Ray Allen? Switching back and forth. I don't know what you're talking about, so I that can't – That is a side note I can't that tell we, you. Uh, we will discuss off camera, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, um, I'm really excited for yeah. the Monday night game. I hope I don't have a shitload of schoolwork to, so I can watch that. Um, also, happy Columbus Day. I can't believe that is a holiday we still celebrate. <laughs> Shout out Christopher Columbus. Yeah, that's a great point. But anyways, that's going to wrap up a very long show, but a very fun one, I think, at that. I think it's going to be a fun one for the listeners, and I know – that a two-hour show is kind of a turnoff for some people, but I really encourage you to listen to this one because this one's this one's going to be good. Um, and at least you, listen to Jake. Yeah, exactly. At least listen to Jake. That was an hour. Um, I guess we could, I guess, technically divide this into two different shows, but I don't know if we – that's kind of unethical. I don't think we want to do that. So we'll just keep it all <laughs> – this will be released on Friday, before, hopefully before the playoffs. I don't know. I got school in the morning, and then I'm driving to the stadium with Jake from my school. So I guess I could, you know, I'll, I'll find time. I'll upload it. I'll get it out. But anyways, happy playoff weekend. And Cam, you want to give – you never really gave predictions for the wild card round. You just skipped over that, went right to the NLDS. Oh, you have predictions uh, for the winners this weekend? I, I do think that the Cardinals are actually going to pull through. And um, I, I really don't have a winner for you in the Mets series. I am very, very conflicted. Um, I, I really think we could be seeing a Mets meltdown. And if we don't see a Mets meltdown, they might win the whole thing. That's how, like, the shifts wow. could work with this series. That's 
how shifty yeah. this series is. Um, and then I the on the other but... side, um, I don't think the Guardians are unbelievably good. The problem is I don't you know, either. Just just like when it was a one game series, three games isn't a lot, even though it's more than one. You know, it's like an actual series, best of three, but. Anything can happen in three games. You know, that's just the nature of baseball. Now, playoffs amps it up, but that is just the nature of the game, you know, and that's why a lot of people love it is that anything can happen and there's great parity in the MLB. Um, But I I don't think the Guardians are going to win. And then uh, in the other series, what is the other series? I'm blanking on it. So Blue Jays, Mariners, the Rays. Rays win. Oh yeah, um, that's another one. I'm really, I really, I really can't give you an answer. I want the Blue Jays to win, but I, I also wouldn't mind if the Mariners won because I think the city of Seattle, you know, if making a deep run and maybe winning a World Series, that'd be really cool for them. But I think I will go with the Blue yeah. Jays. So I think the Blue Jays probably then, have higher expectations in this one. But, I would assume so, and then I know, would think, you know, next year and the year after that, the Mariners would have higher expectations but because um, they're really yeah, building they, something. Mariners but, did their job this year. They're in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. But then I just want to make a really young real quick. Superstar. Um, I During okay, the, the baseball predictions, I said that the Guardians were going to beat the Yankees. And I'll be honest, that was a spur-of-the-moment decision where I'm like, the Guardians, they're going to be a fun team. And I, I honestly think that if they if they win one series against the Rays, they might as well go out and beat the Yankees. But the reason I did it is because I didn't want, want to true. put 1-2 one, and 1-2. One, I didn't just want to put the you know the top dogs 1-2 one, two, and 1-2 one, two in, in, in the LCS because that's kind of lame. But now that I'm thinking, I've but had a whole like, hour and a half to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a whole hour and a half to think about that. And I, if there is a team that's going to upset one of the top four, it's not going to be the Guardians over the Yankees. So I'm switching that. Yankees are to the the league championship series, but I still have the Astros going to the World Series. I just want to clear that up. The Guardians aren't beating the Yankees. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. That was a stupid prediction. You should, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you probably could. Well, probably not because of the pixels, but you should have seen Jake's face when you said that. He just looked at me like, I, "No way!" He actually just said that, and I <laughs> that was funny. But um, also, I think if the Guardians win those series, um, the MLB might might implode. That would be. Uh, oh yeah, they they would hate that, and I don't blame them. They should hate that. They should do everything in their power to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> if the MLB might implode if the, a few of these things happen, if A, the Guardians win the World Series, that would be catastrophe number one for the MLB. Terrible. Catastrophe number two is that the Yankees lose to either the Rays or the Guardians. If the Yankees are out after you know the first round, that's a catastrophe for the MLB. Catastrophe number three is that we don't get a Braves-Dodgers in LCS. That's going to get views. 
So imagine how bad this scenario could be. This is like worst possible scenario for the MLB. A Dodgers Guardians World Series and Dodgers win like four to one. That would be really bad oh my, for the MLB. Yeah. I, I'm like trying to picture that right now. If the Guardians get super hot, I one, it would be funny that the Guardians got that hot that randomly, but then they would just get there and then uh Mookie Betts and company would just be like, This is who we have to play, and then it would just be over. Oh my god, I'm just so. picturing that right now. That would be such a it's sad gross World Series. It is gross. So I hope oh, that doesn't man. happen. Or even the Braves could do that too. But So I was conflicted. I picked the Braves at the beginning of the year to beat the White Sox, LOL, in the, uh, in the World Series. But I, I'm, I'm changing it up. I think the Dodgers, yeah. So that was my confliction. But anyway, that's going to wrap up our show. So, yeah, long show. And uh, good luck with whichever you choose to watch, week five, week six of college football, which we didn't get to this week, but we're out of time for sure. Um, so that'll be next week, even though it's shout out Mizzou playing Georgia close. And then, yeah, so enjoy the week five of football. Enjoy the playoff baseball. We'll see you in episode 32.